What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. Here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady and he caught ball. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons. And what a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Looking again, looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted at the 40. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Goes toward the end. Battle in. Intercepted, picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome back to the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan, and when you said Happy New Year, I was thinking, when did that happen? It's, it's all a, a blur, isn't it? Really? It's crazy. Well, before we get into that blur, you have something to say, don't you? Before we get into blurb or into crazy? Both. Oh, okay. All right. A crazy blur. A crazy blur, but not if you go to Beef Up Radies. (laughs) How's that for a segue, huh? That's right. That's why you get the big bucks. That's right. You won't have to worry, because if you're looking for wings and beer and beer and wings, nobody combines them like Beef Up Radies. You can start with the award-winning traditional or boneless wings and a variety of sauces and dry rubs. And next, of course, you need to pick your brew. Beef has all your faves on tap. Beef O'Brady's, where game time meets beer and wing time all the time. Guess what, Jeff? What? I have a beef story. You do? Yeah, it's like the old days. Okay, what do you got? Well, okay, so I've told you before that the reason I'm pretty familiar with the beef's menu is because we used to go with our friends and family friends when we were playing, our kids were playing Little League and travel ball baseball. Yeah. That's how we ended up there a lot. So one of these kids, one of Alex's friends, um, and we're really close with the whole family, uh, he is just now, he just now got an offer and is going to a, a small college to play baseball in the, in the D.C. area, which is really exciting. He's Very. extremely excited. Cool. And uh, they're leaving soon. So we got together with, we decided to get together with him for dinner last night, and uh, and we thought, well, you know, it it seems to make sense. Since sure. Let's it's, go to Beefs. It started there. Why <laughs> let's not? Let's go to Beefs. So we did. I like it. Yeah. Excellent. Every, every, and I think I've told a story about the father in this family because he's the guy. He's in great shape, so I'm not saying anything bad, but he, like, sometimes orders at Beefs just whatever has the most food. Oh, nothing wrong with and that. And then he eats all that, and then he eats whatever is the his kids, kids do. Yeah. They used to have leftovers. They probably don't have leftovers right. anymore. Um and I was wrong. It was not the the dish that's like a salad with a big piece of fish on it. It's something called that used to be called the Montana. It's like chicken with cheese and and uh, br- uh, bacon, and then you, you also get broccoli and rice, or probably some other options. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. I like it. That's my beef story. So what you're telling me is that you just don't go to beefs if uh, you're looking for sports stuff. You go because it's the just food. Good food, and they have a good variety too. Uh, One of the kids at the table had quesadilla. Yeah. Giselle and I had wings. She had sure. a sangria. Of course she did. You said you have to pick your brew. I cho- chose Yingling. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Okay. Alrighty. Enough about that, right? All right. Okay. So we are. Uh, we are in the final week of the regular season, which is the 18th week now, because Crazy. there's 17 games, and we are coming off one of the wilder games of the year, mm-hmm. at least the one wildest finish. Cyril Grayson with the um, <laughs> with the 
32, 33-yard touchdown 33. catch with 15 seconds left. Yep. And all of this came, uh, you know, after uh, just after halftime, Antonio Brown had chosen to leave. The, uh, yeah. Bruce, we we got to talk about that now. Sure. Because okay? today, we're, we're uh, recording this on a Thursday. Yep. By the way, we're also going to talk to Ali Marpet, which yeah, we're excited about. Very much so. Um, apparently, I have found out that... Uh, He's he's never been. We've never had him on before. We didn't. Yeah. No. So okay. I, I well, because he's a big name. Star. I guess I just have to admit it. We we actually recorded the interview yesterday. Why? Why are you admitting because that? Because when he tells us that this is his first time, yeah. I react with surprise. So oh. I can hardly act like I know it now. <laughs> so you really uh, think they're listening that closely? <laughs> hey, some of these questions <laughs> suggest that they do. So uh, the funny thing about that was Mike Pahanik and the. Um, Communications department was helping us since we can't go in the building where, around where they are. Right. And I was like, hey, could you ask Ali Marpet if he, would, if he could do it? And like five minutes later, Mike calls me and says, he could do it right now if you want. Because <laughs> yeah. we usually like to say the next day at a certain whatever yeah. time. I was like, let's just do it right now. And luckily, I was sitting in my office and you come running around the corner and said, can you do this right now? <laughs> and it was just a Zoom thing. So yeah, it was easy. Anyway, Antonio Brown, that's kind of been the story of the week. Yep. Uh, and while people were piecing together information from things they'd heard mm-hmm. and things various parties in play here had said. Uh, Bruce Arians Day, since the Buccaneers today released him, released Antonio Brown. Officially released, released him. Bruce doesn't normally um, talk on Thursdays. Nope. But he did today for that reason because he knew the media would want to talk about that, which was nice of the communications department to set that up. Yeah. And he pretty much told the whole story. So, I mean... As long as, and, and I, of course, very much believe him, and it seems to sync up with what everybody else has said all along. Yeah. So did you want to explain what happened? Well. Because I've been doing all the talking. No, I it, 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 I mean, almost everybody has seen the video of, yes. of, of the action of Antonio Brown. And, it, you know, it's an unfortunate situation. It just really is. Um, when you dissect all that's going on and I'm going to tell you how it went with us because uh, TJ was down on the sideline Chris our parabolic guy was down on the sideline in fact when you see the video it's it's kind of funny because you can see Chris holding a parabolic dish and TJ holding the microphone and they both turn to their left as Antonio Brown is taking his shoulder pads and shirt off they look as he does it then they look they they look away and they're now focused on the play because the game was still the going, game was going on. on right. Yeah. So I guess uh, um, from all the different reports, uh, Antonio Brown was was having some um, issues at halftime. Right. Well, that's and that and that becomes the from what Bruce Arian said, it's because he wasn't getting enough um, looks or tosses or catches or whatever. He wasn't but, getting the ball. Yeah. Which. It's kind of I don't I don't know I don't understand all of that personally. A lot of receivers don't react well when they're not getting the ball. Well, I know, but, don't. It, but it was only halftime, and and well, I, I don't think it's important really to try to figure out no Antonio's motivations because we're we're probably not going to know. But he but basically he's he got upset at halftime. Guess the team or other players calmed him down. Then uh, when it was time for his group to go in. Antonio Brown said he didn't want to go in, and Bruce Arians basically told him to get the F out of here. So, yeah, so just to – what we're saying is we're passing along the sequence of events as Bruce Arians described them today. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
Antonio Brown is upset in the locker room because he's not getting targets. Or the way Bruce said it is because who was getting targeted, targeted. uh, which would mean not him. And the week before, he was being targeted a great deal. Fifteen times. Yeah, against Carolina. Mike Evans didn't play in that game, it's worth noting. Right. Um, So, like you said, as Bruce says, people were able to calm him down. Everything seemed fine going into the second half. Sure. But that Antonio got upset again uh, and was... And Mike, uh, Mike Evans and I think uh, somebody Mike, else tried to calm him down yeah, a little bit. Mike Evans was was saying no, no. Okay. And um, so Bruce is not aware that this is going on. As far as he's aware, Antonio calmed down at halftime, so everything's fine. Sure. So there comes a point where he, well, I guess it would be Byron actually calls up for a certain position group. Position yeah. group. And Antonio is in that position group right. and had been playing in that position group throughout the first half. And both Antonio and Mike Evans were on what Bruce likes to call pitch counts. Yeah, which means how many plays they're going to play throughout. Both are dealing with leg injuries, and, and you want to get them, you want to get your players to the playoffs healthy, but you also want to win these games. Sure. So it's kind of like a balancing act a little bit. Uh, so the first time that they call for this package, uh, Antonio says he won't go in. And then Bruce is alerted to this. He goes back to Antonio and asks him to go in the game. And he says he won't, and that's when Bruce told him to get out. Yep. And that was the end of his Buccaneers career. Yeah. And then we had the display with the taking off of the stuff. And, and if you and what's what's really interesting about it all is this is during this is during a drive, a crucial drive in the game, and it is still going on. And when you and I was looking at the sidelines as it was happening. Um, the the interesting part is there, you know. Mike Evans was trying to say, don't do it. But everybody else was starting to refocus on the game. And I guess that's what you have to do. Yeah, that's kind of what they said. At that point, you're now like, okay, here's the game. Um, What people don't understand on the sideline, a lot is going on. People are going in and out, and um, there's a lot of movement. And usually, in my experience in covering uh, football for 31 years, if a player doesn't feel good, he can say, I don't feel good. What, for whatever reason, he does not – He the player has the last say. Now, of course, he might be, hey, how can you go? Can you do this? A lot of times you have to tell players don't go in because they want to go in so so badly. And and so in, in all of it, it's unfortunate because it's dragging a lot of things that everybody's making uh, – are being speculative about, and you can't do that. Yeah, and I mean the part about his injury. Obviously, he was on the injury report sure. with an ankle injury. Was deemed by himself and the trainers uh, that he, he could, could play, play, but they were on a bit of a pitch count, like mm-hmm. we said. And there was no indication of anything. He was playing in the first half with no indication of any issue. Sure. And there's it was not and has not been any indication that he's he further hurt the ankle and was worse off at that point. But if he had felt that way, what he needed to do was see the trainers, yeah. the trainers, not the coach along with the player, like you said, sure. and as coach said today, it's their body. So it's their decision. Finally, whether, whether they're good to go or not, but the trainers and the player together, generally decide if he can play. And that's communicated to the coach. Right. The coach does not get to make that decision. Mm-mm. So never have. And, and that's why, and that's why, you know, a lot of times you hear, um, the term uh, a player trainer, which they're they're the I've ones. I've never heard that before. Have you not I've ever heard, heard that before? Coach, but not player no, trainer. Yeah, it, it's funny. I was talking. So, I was. It was funny. I was talking with Warren Sapp yesterday about 
about trainers and how some of them are are like will really just stand up for you all the way. And uh, with the Buccaneers and his experience, he told me that that's how it's been for was with him when he was here. And that's just that you know there's a uh, a trust relationship that has to develop between players and trainers. And so a lot of them will are going to side with the player. You know, I mean, everybody wants you to play. Fans want you to play. Fantasy football people want people to play. So I think at the end of the day, it becomes what's what? how does the player feel? And if they can't go, they can't go. They just tell the trainer, and the trainer goes, hey, coach, you can't go. Yeah. And you move on. Okay. Let's let's also do that. Let's move on. Yeah. We, I think we've spent enough time talking about it. Yeah, and I think, I you know, it's unfortunate, and hopefully um, everyone lives happily ever after. So, um, more, on a more happy news, Cyril Grayson obviously has been getting a lot of snaps the last two games. Yeah. And will probably get even more now. And his most recent snap was probably the single – most important play of the game of the season in terms of what it did. If you look at the win probability chart, the Buccaneers before that play had a, something like a 13% chance of winning. And then after it, it was like 92% chance of winning. Yep. So, I mean, one play took you from very low odds to you almost got it locked up. And uh-huh. it's the biggest one of those of the whole season. And what's cool about that play is Cyril's route actually isn't anything special. No. And he actually didn't even run that fast because mm-hmm. what he was really doing was trying to find the biggest possible hole in the zone. And uh, he had a corner over him who was uh, way off, like nine yards off and backpedaling at the snap. And uh, and then you have Cam Brate in the slot, and Cyril just basically kind of lopes straight up, and Cam goes about eight yards up and then runs an out, uh-huh. okay, underneath that. And Tom Brady made this play happen by a violent uh, fake of his shoulders. What? And the way that Bruce described it after the game, he said he faked off the safety, but I think more importantly, he faked off the corner. Because if you watch this play and slow it down, mm-hmm. who he's faking at is Cam Brate. Right. And it makes total sense that he would be throwing to Cam Brate because he's headed towards the sideline and you want to get the ball and get out of bounds. I don't blame this corner at all. In fact, I think this corner probably did what he was supposed to do. Because if he, there's no other defender there. So he, if they do throw to Brate, he has to get up there. Right. And he fell for the fake, and, and he was started moving forward at the very moment that Grayson was arriving and passing him by. Uh-huh. And so he was toast. He had no chance to stop Grayson. So it had to be the safety. They had the two safeties splitting the field, but he was about halfway between the hash marks and the numbers. And he tried to get there. I mean, as soon as Brady... Came off the pump and looked at Cyril, and he kind of took about two or three little hop steps forward and then let it go. The, the safety was trucking over there. And, man, I tell you, according to Next Gen Stats, he was like, <laughs> he was like nine yards away uh, when this started developing. And by the time the pass arrived, he's diving from about a yard and a half away. And you, you probably recall in the play, he dives but can't get the ball, falls to the ground. Grayson catches it, spins, stumbles in the end zone. And it was the, incredible. And all you did was lead for 15 seconds. That's right. <laughs> and it, it, the best 15 seconds. The yeah, most important well, ones. Well, if you're going to lead, that's the yeah. time to do it. The, um, the reaction of uh, people who work for the Jets and the comments that I was hearing them make after the game was over with, one, one of the guys was saying, I just, you know, I feel like my heart just got ripped out. And I didn't get involved in the conversation. I just heard the conversation. But it made me think, boy, I know what that feels like. Been there before. How many times yeah. have you followed the team where 
the very end you lose, and it's it just it's, the, it's gut wrenching. The Jets are four and twelve now, mm-hmm. and it tends to be the case with teams like this, um, and like the like the Lions several times this year when your when your team's down, having a bad year, right? You just find ways to lose, sure. right? Or somebody else rips your heart out, like has has happened to Detroit multiple times this year. The Jets played a fantastic game. Especially on offense, they right. really did. They were, Zach Wilson was good, and frankly, he hasn't been good most of the year. He's a rookie, sure. And that Braxton Berrios looks like he's rising, emerging star, and he he was doing all these. these their, their runs around the ends were working to perfection. Mm-hmm. They gashed us on several big runs, and we just didn't get a lot of pressure. And you know, Shaq was out, JPP was out. That didn't help. Not having Levante didn't help stopping a lot of what they were doing. Right. But give them credit. They played great. Got their hearts ripped out at the end. Yeah. And, and yeah, you – go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, that's why you play 60 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you said that's what you heard from the Jets yeah. people. Now, our conversation at that moment was wildly different. Yeah. Uh, this was a weird situation on the road because I guess the Jets, you know, haven't really sold out all their luxury suites. No. So they gave one of them for us, sure. the communications people and, and me and Carmen – who were covering the story, the game, we got to work out of a luxury suite, and it was nice. So you're away from other people because of COVID policy. So the windows were open, and we opened the windows so you could hear the noise. All this led to a situation very much unlike your usual press box atmosphere because, as we've probably mentioned here before, you're not supposed to cheer in the press box. Right. Sometimes people, you know, let out some noises. But you certainly don't get up, jump around the room, and start giving jumping high fives. That's what we did. Did you? Because we were... It felt good, didn't it? It was like we're running around the room. Yeah. Actually, I can remember clearly, even before it, it the play ended, you know, the whole time we're all... The whole driver all going, get out of bounds, or different things. You know, oh, come on, make that catch, that kind of thing. Right. And then the uh, on, on that last play... Um, I happened to, I guess I must have seen Brady look in that direction. I look down there, and I see Cyril, and I see where the safety is, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's got him. Now, he yeah. hadn't actually completed the pass right. to him yet, but I'm like, I could see that it was probably going to happen as long as Cyril held onto the ball. And, and it's one of those, did, did I see what I just saw? <laughs> you know, because it, it was funny. I was talking with Nelson Luis, who is the vice president of communications, and he was on the sideline. And he said when it happened, he was like, I can't, I, is this real? <laughs> because he was thinking about, gosh, this is going to be a really bad week, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. all the way across the board. Yep. And winning helps a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and and that, that really was. And when you talk about cheering, I'm so used to not cheering because... You know, it'll it'll pick up if you yell. But oh. I I am very good at throwing my arms up in the air, like you know, without without making a sound. But uh, it, it was truly uh, it was fun. When you look at that drive and how they started, you know, a couple little dinks, and you're going, they wow. Said, they said afterwards, you got to take what they give them, yeah. but look for the chunk play opportunities. That and that that's what Dave was saying. Dave goes, okay, you got a couple, but you eventually you've got to yeah. you got to try to get something else. And, and then boom, he threw the one to the 50 yard line. Yeah, the so, 27 yarder yeah. to Tyler Johnson. Yeah. And, and uh, those, you know, we needed all those yards, oh. 93 yards Great. in 211 with yeah. no timeouts. I know. That's phenomenal. Phenomenal. His, Tom Brady's 53rd. Career game-winning drive, his 42nd fourth-quarter comeback, and the poor Jets, he's done this to them six times. Yeah. Six yeah. times he's done this to them. It is, um, you know, you know, the defense was struggling throughout that game, had a lot of guys hurt. 
But what I think what gets missed is they made the stop they had to make, and that was that fourth down yeah, stop. Yeah, and, and who knows if they'd have stopped it if it was a different play. Sure. Hopefully they would have, but they stopped what they had to stop. Yep. But honestly, Jeff, a, a quarterback sneak on fourth and two. Crazy. When you are um, killing us with runs around the end, yep. I thought for sure they were going to run around the end. And when they didn't, I'm like, why did they not do that? And afterwards, listening to the coach, um, it kind of I, – I understand what happened now, and they didn't mean to do that. Right. So basically, they have a play that has that gives Zach Wilson options. And when he gets up there and he sees them, he can just choose what to do. Mm-hmm. The, they had Braxton Berrios going in motion to do an end around. That was part of that play. But normally in that play call, um, he can the quarterback can look and see – if there's a, a good chance for a sneak. And he said, I saw an open A gap. So he audibled into that. Right. And that's what they went with. The head coach was very upset afterwards because he wanted the offensive coordinator to give him that play but tell him, you don't have options this time. Do not sneak. You must hand it to Barrios coming around. So the quarter, the head coach um, – I can't think of Robert Salah, right? Salah. I I have a problem. I'm not sure how it's said. He he was probably as shocked as everybody Mm -hmm. else when Zach Wilson held on to that ball and went forward. And and then the Bucks made a nice play, clogged it up, and Joe Tryon was free and he came around the corner. And yeah, they they made the stop with it because if they get that first down, the game's over. Sure, they don't even have to kick the field goal; they just run out the clock. And everybody was like, "Well, why why don't you kick the field goal? It's a tie." And I get it; you're four you're four and eleven. Or it wasn't a tie; it was to put yourself up by seven. Yeah, and and. You know, I don't have a problem with them going uh, for it there. No, at all. because you end the game. If you make the play, you end the game. You want to keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. That and was the whole point. And you could see what happened when you didn't. Yep. So Brady goes down, leads them. So let's alternate universe. They kick the field goal, uh-huh. and we still have to drive, although probably seventy-five yards and not ninety-three. Right. And you're going for the tie. Okay, we get that touchdown. Do we go for two there? It's possible. We did, as it turns out. We did because of he didn't want it to yeah. be blocked. And it would be back. a different motivation, yeah. but it's possible we would have gone for two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite understand it at the time. Uh, he explained it, as you just did. Uh, I thought, okay, we're just trying to go up eight to make sure they are up four so they can't tie us with a field goal. Right. Um, but then you're taking the risk of only going up two and losing on a field goal. Sure. Uh, but, no, as you said, and because Bruce explained it, um, he's like, the only way they can score with 15 seconds left is if they, like, block the kick and return it. Mm-hmm. So we went for two, and we didn't want to throw it because we were winning by two, 26-24. If they pick off the two-point conversion and are able to return it all the way, that's two points for them, and yep. the game's tied. So sure. it was the safest way to make sure they couldn't score again. Yeah. it it I'll tell you what. It was a miserable game up until the last 15 seconds. <laughs> I'm just – I'm not going to lie. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> Excuse me. You all right? Yeah. Okay. You know there's a cough button. Over there. I know, but that one came on really <laughs> suddenly. So – I will say, I haven't asked you your favorite thing yet. I'll tell you mine because you just said it was a miserable game the yeah. whole way. I, there's a little bit of, of it that I did enjoy, okay? And I'll tell you the sequence. But the thing, Cyril Grayson didn't just have that touchdown catch. He also caught a 20-yard pass on third and 20. Mm-hmm. That's our longest third. And, and Tom Brady gets the credit because it's an incredible pass. But it was obviously it had to be a pretty good route, too. Right. And he knew where to get to the sticks. So give him credit for that, too. Uh 20-yard pass to convert a third and 20, longest third down conversion of the year for us. And um, it was critical because at the time, what, what, was, what was transpiring was the Buccaneers come out of halftime down 17-10. Sure. Okay, you're, 
you're still only down 17-10, even though it was a pretty unsatisfying first half. Yeah. And you're playing the Jets. You think yeah. it's going to click into place should not be. It should not be this way. We get the ball first. Mm-hmm. Almost immediately, we get a, uh unsportsmanlike conduct, conduct penalty on yeah. Ryan Jensen. And all of a sudden, we're in a third and 20. Yeah, they were all getting a little testy. Yeah, we, we're in a third and 20. We can't get out of it in this case, and they have to punt. And New York drives right down and scores again to make it 24-10. So now it's 24-10. You get the ball back. It's starting to get to be desperation time here, right? Right. You can't have a lot of uh, empty possessions anymore. Right. We get the ball back. We get another penalty. And, again, we're in third and 20. And so you're thinking, okay, our first two drives are going to be complete waste. We made two costly penalties to make that happen. And then they convert the third and 20, right. and the drive's alive. And mm-hmm. it continues all the way down. And now we're in, inside the uh, the 10, and it's third down, uh Brady tries to throw a pass to Gronk at the back of the end zone, but it's just a bit too high, I guess. Just a tad. You usually expect that play to be made. And now it's fourth down, and it's 24 to 10. And thank goodness Bruce Arians decides to go for it. Yeah. And he did, and Tom Brady hit Cam Brate. To me, that sequence was nice. Yeah. And that was an awesome catch by Cam Brate because if you watch the the replay on Mm -hmm. that, the defender literally has his arm underneath, like. What I, I, my, really? I have my arm like this, yeah, like I'm yeah. catching a ball, and he's underneath it where he could pull it. Usually that would and happen. Usually, and I mean, it, he didn't pass interference. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he, he was about to make a great play, yeah, yeah. and Cam held it. Nice. And that thing was like a like, yeah, he, like shot was, out of a cannon. He's I mean, like, I'm shooting this yeah, right into your yeah. gut. You, even if you don't use your hands, it'll and, probably stick. And uh, so, I mean, that that's a big, big, big play. So, um, so you know what we did there, Jeff? What? We we uh, beat the Jets and we swept the AFC this year. Yeah, we won all, and we won all five. It's the first time since they've used this scheduling formula uh-huh. that we've ever swept all of our AFC games, and wow. we had to have five of them because we had to beat the Colts too. Right. Wow. That was neat, right? That's very good. So, if only we were in the AFC. No. Did, did you have a favorite thing you wanted to share? Uh, the, it's just more total overall is that I finally did a game against the Jets and uh, <laughs> and got to win and walk out of the stadium You winning. mean there, because there. we beat yes. them here. Right. I'm talking about whether it was Four at the Meadowlands or now MetLife Stadium. Yeah, they still call it the Meadowlands, don't they? they yeah, call it the whole area the Meadowlands. Meadowlands. Yeah, the whole area is the Meadowlands, but the stadium is MetLife. Right. So um, that was good. And uh, you know what? The unfortunate part about that game, to, well, a couple things. Well, the Antonio Brown thing, obviously. Well, yeah, that's without saying. Um, the weather. Uh, you want it to be colder? Well, because of all the rain that we had, I was kind of hoping for a little snow. And then <laughs> come to find out, as delayed as we were with just rain, um, and then the next day how everything shut down where Washington and all of that got all that, you know, eight inches of snow. Mm. You know. So it could have been worse. But, you know, there's just something about a snow game. You know, I'm just, just saying. And I we guess. still have a shot at it. It was, in fact, the play-by-play at the top. They always have a, a spot for weather, uh-huh. and it's it's mostly like the temperature and the wind and stuff. Sure. But you can also put in some descriptive words, and it says cloudy and unseasonably warm. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> it was. So um, my yeah. other my other favorite thing, and it wasn't due to the game. It was I got to go see the Christmas tree at the Rockefeller oh, good Center. For you. So yeah. that was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty Remember cool. Remember you telling me that. Yeah. And that we both ended up eating at the same Mexican restaurant. But yes. Not at the same time. Which was a great by the way, a great restaurant, okay. by the way. That wasn't overall. Yeah. You listen. The weird part about it, it was, was the it music. Was, <laughs> did you notice this? Yeah. Classic it was, 
classic rock. No, it was eighties. At least while we were yeah. there, it was. It would alternate though. There'd be like, kind of like I don't know if you call it Mexican music, but uh, the kind of song you you might sure. expect to hear uh, in a Mexican restaurant. And then the next song would be some alternative eighties like Depeche Mode. Yeah, or Aha, or um, <laughs> the Talking Heads. Some of it was really good. I mean, I was enjoying it. My my uh, Come, dinner yeah, uh, companion Jason Turner was not recognizing most of those songs, yeah. but I lived in the, the music yeah. of the 80s. And usually, <laughs> usually when they get that little blank stare, I just yeah, I don't like, even do, say Do you word. know who this is? Yeah. You know, I'm no. like, oh, this is Blasphemous Rumors by Depeche Mode. Yeah. And then this is, um, I can't think of the name of yeah. the song, and My then, Talking Heads. And then, they, and then their heads get cocked. They kind of go to the side and look at you <laughs> like, really? Are you kidding me? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the music. I thought the food was yeah. okay. But all in all, mm-hmm. you know, when you when you look at it, you, you did what you had to do. You you beat the Jets. It wasn't as pretty. I wondered as where you were going with that. I thought you were talking about I did what I had to do at dinner. Oh, I no, ate the no. food I had no. to eat. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so. and in the in the process, uh, the uh, the Buccaneers didn't hurt their playoff standing. They right. actually moved up a spot because Dallas lost to Arizona. Thank mm-hmm. you, Arizona. Yep, yep. Uh, this week, last Whoa. week, the team we most wanted to win was Arizona. This team, this week, the most we, team we most want to win is San Francisco. Yes. If the Buccaneers can win. And the Rams lose to San Francisco. By the way, San Francisco has beaten the Rams five times in a row. I know. Number two seed coming your way. Then we are the number two seed. And the, obviously, I think we talked about this last week, but uh-huh. the value of the two over the three or the four is that if you win your first one at home, you're guaranteed a second home right. game. And if for some reason somebody knocks off the Packers, you could end up with the NFC Championship How game How nuts would here. that be? Yes. Um, yeah, it is. The only downside is they want everybody playing uh, because the Rams and the 49ers are on the West Coast, yeah. and they're going to basically have a 1 o'clock or a 125 game. So that means there. our game got pushed to 425. Which I mean, is, you understand why. I do. Everybody's playing, but... They mm. want them all playing at the same time in case, in case we're not sure. ag- aqu- adder- hmm. adequately. adequately communicating what's going on here. The Bucks mm. got flexed from 1 to 425 because yep. that matches them up with the Rams mm-hmm. and the Cardinals. The only five games that matter to the playoff seedings on our this weekend are Dallas against Phil, at Philly on Saturday, so we'll get a little bit more of the picture then. Sure. And then our game, the Rams and 49ers, the Seahawks and the Cardinals and the Saints and the Falcons, and the Saints one really only matters for the Saints. <laughs> they oh. they get in if they win, yeah. oh. and um, Seattle beats Philly. No, yeah. Seattle beats Arizona. Yeah, they they are like a cockroach that won't die. No, no, no. I'm sorry if. The Rams beat San Francisco. Yeah. They they still have a shot, which, you know what? That's what makes football so great. You I don't know, think. You're so close. You're, you're the you know, 17th game of the year, and you still got a shot of getting in, and they've had a tough year. Yeah, but I don't think the, the Saints having a chance to make the playoffs is what makes football great. Well, I'm, I think it makes football suck a little I'm bit I'm just saying a team. Yeah, but not the Saints. No. Well, you I know, don't, and I don't. Come on, Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Now, I think I made a – I don't know if I knew this last week, but the Buccaneers have no chance of playing the Saints in the playoffs until the possibility of an NFC Championship game. It can't happen. Right. Just so you know. That's a good thing. Uh, yeah, and well, if, the, if the Saints want to knock off the Packers for us and then sure. come here, we'd love we'll it. happily yeah. take that. Ever after. Yes. Try to do again. what we did last year and win only one of the Saints games. Here's the most here, important one. Here's the thing. Everybody's talking, talking, talking about, oh, you need to be home. You need – hey. Last year proved one thing. If you get hot, you go ahead and win. doesn't matter where you play. Because, I think. Because I, San Fran- or, um, Green Bay thought they had it 
easy because they were playing at Lambeau Field in the wintertime in the very, championship I game. Very Highly doubt they thought they had it easy. You think? With Tom Brady coming to well, town. Well, maybe. I highly doubt they thought they had it easy. Well, um, but I'm sure they were confident. Sure. But I would say maybe like the Packers in 2010 who went from the bottom seed to win the Super Bowl yep. is probably a better example because last year, I'm not saying the Bucks wouldn't have won all those road games, but it certainly was a lower level of difficulty because the crowd, the stands were yeah, not full. That's true. Apparently it was still fairly loud in Lambeau somehow. Well, because they had those things, they were banging on the metal bench. And the Saints wouldn't, the Saints' atmosphere would have been wildly different. Yes, had they been able to fill that yeah. place. But you know what? Both teams played that way. So yeah, but not, not you're taking anybody. away their home team advantage, home field advantage. I, you know, there was a discussion about that, and if you start looking at the wins and losses, home field advantage, I don't think is as big as it used to be it's years not. ago. It's it not because of the communication in the regular season. Okay, I think it's a. Li- I think it's Dip more. Playoffs. Yeah, I mean, okay. I think I think the the Saints in particular would have a huge advantage playing us there than playing against us here. All right, that's I, I could be wrong, sure. but I think it's it tends to hold serve a little bit better in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, the Buccaneers could also be the four seed, which would involve a number, us losing, obviously, and then a couple of other things. Uh, it would be the Rams and the Cardinals would have to lose for that right. to happen, because then the Buccaneers. The the Cowboys jump up and take it's a three way tie with Dallas, the Rams, and the Bucks, and Dallas wins that based on conference record, and then the Rams take the three seed from us because they beat us head to head. Yeah. So us, Rams, and Cart and um, Cardinals all losing would lead us. That's the only way we could be the four seed, and if that happens, we will definitely play Arizona in the first round. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're playing Philly or San Fran, whether it was the two or the three. And you can, I told you how we could be the two. There's a whole lot of different ways you could be the three. But basically, it's maintaining the status quo. Sure. Yeah, the, the Rams have the two right now because they're one game ahead of us. In the, no, we're, we're tied with the Rams. But they're a, they have the tiebreaker in their game ahead of the Cowboys. So all they have to do is win, and they maintain what they got. And all we have to do is win to maintain our lead on the Cowboys. And if the Rams win and the Bucks lose and the Cowboys win, we still get the seed because now we're only in a two-way tie with Dallas, and we have a head-to-head win. Yeah. So we want Dallas, we want the Rams to lose, but there is also kind of a little way it helps you if they win. And COVID's really uh, starting to take a toll on Dallas. They've lost three players just when we're recording this. So they're the team. It's always yeah. it's a new team every every yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Jets actually got a lot of people back from COVID before our game, mm-hmm. and they'd had a ton of them. So did and the Panthers are the same things happening with the Panthers. They've had a ton of them yeah. right after we left there. Sure. And they uh, they're getting a lot of those people back, which is good. I want yeah, them to be no, have yeah, their players be competitive. Yeah. So um, then in the AFC, hey, listen, they're going to come in and play really hard because that head coach has got to prove something. Well, he's going to want them to play hard. That's yeah. For sure. And and you know everybody goes, ah, it's the last game. It doesn't matter. Well, it matters to a player because that says a lot about a player how hard they play when it, when they know this game does you know it's over yeah. with after this game. So you know take it will look lie. good for rule if if they play mm-hmm. that way. Right. Uh, you know, but I don't think they were laying down two weeks ago. No, and the Bucks no. beat them thirty-two to six. So no. part of the problem is the quarterback situation. Neither quarterback could do much against us last time, and part of that was they we got seven sacks and like eleven QB hits on, yeah. on Darnold and Newton combined. The pressure was insane at times, and so they couldn't do much. Now this past week, the Panthers gave up seven sacks again yeah. to the Saints. The Saints have a great pass sure rush. Sure they do. But in both cases, a lot of the pressure came up the middle. 
So their three interior linemen are struggling right now. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to break in a third-round rookie at left tackle because Cam Irving is on injured reserve. Brady Christensen apparently played pretty well last week. I'm not sure he played great against us in his first start at left tackle. Yep. But, um, you know, that could be an area – uh, that's an advantage for the Bucks, and you know you say, well, you don't have Shaq, you don't have, you probably won't have JPP, but again, a lot of the pressure is coming up the middle, and you do have Vita Vea, and you do have Indomitian Sue, and you do have Will Goldsmith who got two and a half sacks two weeks ago. So, I feel good about that part of the game. The um, the historic aspect of all of this week is w- Game 17 for the first time in the NFL season. Yeah, and you know what that does. That gives the Bucks a chance to break their um, record for most wins in a season. Yes. We're 12, you know what's interesting about this season? And I remember people talking about this specifically in 2002, the first time and until this year, the only time the Buccaneers have gone 12-4, and four, is that they, they won each quarter of the season three games to one. Yeah. The Buccaneers in 2002 were 3-1. and one. If you break the season, a 16-game season into quarters – you know, first four games, second four, third four, fourth four. The Buccaneers were three and one in each of those quarters in 2002. Sure. And they did it again this year. Yep. You know, I had to. I kind of thought that might be the case, and then I looked at the schedule, and sure enough, you break the first 16 games down, three and one in every qu- quarter. Right. Uh, which means you avoided long losing streaks. Right. And uh, but I also like just kind of like the symmetry. I thought that was kind of cool. Yep. You do like stuff like that. You know what, though? I will say, so the Panthers are coming in here now. Last mm. last year we played the Falcons in two of the last three weeks. Yep. I understand why about, I don't know, at this point it's probably like seven or eight years ago, that they tweaked the scheduling format to make sure that every team was playing a division foe in the last week of the season. Right. And in some cases you play two, your last two or, or three against division foes. In our case, just the last one. I get why they do that. They're trying to make more games relevant. They think it's more likely that they'll be relevant if it's two division guys, teams playing each other. Uh-huh. I'm tired of it, though. Right. I'm tired of all the games being division games at the end. It's just, I don't think it's that important. Well, they're they're just trying to create the major excitement if the teams are really good. Yeah, where... but is I mean, is it working? The Bucks are playing the 5-11 and 11 right. Panthers, who they well, walloped two weeks ago. It's, it's working for Arizona, San Francisco. Think of the scheduling you it's can do, working, though. It's working for the Chargers and the Raiders. You win, you're in. Yeah. It is working for... What would you rather watch right now in Week 18? The Buccaneers versus the Panthers or the Buccaneers versus the Rams, who we who were on our schedule? Right. That game would be amazing. Well, but the Rams are playing a, a game that Okay, then how about them. who would you rather see... Uh, would would you love to see right now a Kansas City versus Dallas game? How awesome would that be? Yeah, but let me ask you this. If if the NFC South division was on the line this Sunday. But it's not. I know. that, But that's why they do it. Because the potential of it happening. I know. And what I'm saying is I understood that from the beginning. Sure, but now you hate it. I'm tired of it. I'm <laughs> just tired of it because we don't get any of these other potentially cool matchups. Sure. Well, you're, a, you're assuming these are all going to be cool You don't matchups. know. I know. But right. you also don't know if these division games, like in our division, it's not important. Right. In there, I'm, I, I agree with what Kansas, you're saying. I, I don't know ahead of time that a Kansas City-Dallas game is going to be good. But, right. I mean, they do a pretty good job of guessing which games will be good on Sunday nights, right? Right. So I think you can have a decent track record if you have 16 games and you don't have to make them division foes right. that you can guess on. You know, the, the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl last year, and Buffalo is in the final game, so Bucks versus Buffalo would be pretty good in Week 18, and yep. it would be. Yeah. It'd be freaking cool, yeah. and it would matter to both conferences. Hmm. I think They're I'll, never going to change that. You want, you want Mike North's uh, <laughs> cell phone number? 
Mike North is part of the NFL that puts the schedule together. He, but does he decide these things, or he's just the one that has to make it work? Uh, he's one of the decision makers in it. Okay. All right. Um, what are you? Because I actually texted him on Sunday during our <laughs> game and said, is it possible that uh, that we could get moved? Is our game on the board? And he goes, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> and later on that night, it was. So one more thing before we let the Jets okay. game go. All right. I think everybody's heard by now. This was also one of my favorite things. Everybody's probably heard by now the travels of Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy. Bunting. Yes. They both were on the COVID list from Tuesday through, through Saturday. Sunday. Yep. And they came off. They were activated off the COVID list, but I don't know exactly how the rules work, but they were not yet allowed to rejoin the team. Right. Until the next day. Correct. So they couldn't fly with the team. They needed five days of not testing positive. Okay. So but one, I just don't quite understand how if you're activated, which you have to be negative in order to do. Well, you actually could, no, not you anymore. Could, you couldn't get on the plane with them. Right, you couldn't get on the plane until Sunday. If we played on Monday, they could have got on the plane. I just, Sunday. It's, it's it's a little confusing. It's why very that's a confusing. Rule. But it was a rule, so they had to be flown separately, and that's not a big deal. The no. Buccaneers arranged a private flight sure. that was supposed to leave at like I don't know at nine in the morning. Yep. It was going to get in there with plenty of time. Two and a half hours. Well, the pilot pilot gets COVID. Yeah, original pilot. <laughs> so it's a couple hours later when they can find a pilot to take over for him. Yeah. So that makes it close, and then apparently this pilot. Was taking them around some weather. Yeah. And like skirted Canada. Yeah. On the Had to go up and around. So hearing Jamel Dean at the podium, the first question was, tell us how, you, you know, to what happened with the travel. And like he actually like started laughing and smiling. And then he told this long story about everything that happened. And, and, the, and then we get in the car for the escort here. And it was wild. I mean, yeah. we're weaving in and out of traffic. Yeah. And it, was, yeah. it was fun to listen police to. Police escort going all the way. So they got but, to, see, but see, they have police escorts in the buses. But when you're on a bus, it doesn't seem all that exciting. Also, when you're doing the police escort to the stadium, it's like four hours before the game. Yeah. They were yeah. desperately trying to get there before sure. kickoff. Yeah. They got there 15 minutes before kickoff. Needed some time to warm up, oh, so neither yeah. of them started. But at some point in the second half, they both got into the game, and then Sean Murphy punted, got a bit dinged oh, up. I what a crazy day, day, huh? Yeah, I mean, it was it was just funny because you would think that would be the craziest thing for a game, <laughs> right? The airplane. Yeah, and now, and, and no, it's all someone found a way to top. Yeah, it. Hey, it's <laughs> all right. So all right. I've, I've made a number of notes here. Do you want me to just knock off the last few, or do you want? Sure. To... I mean, it's up to you. You're you already know, did that you're, one. You're on a roll. You're well, okay. One good one and one bad one. All right. I wanted to talk about how much fun the Bengals are, but I don't think we have time for that, so I'm going to mark that one off. They but are fun. Jamar and, Chase and, and yeah. Joe Burrow. Instead, Very exciting stuff. Brady leads the NFL still right now in touchdown passes with 40. Mm-hmm. I think he's I think he's two ahead of Stafford. Uh, he's got 80 touchdowns in two seasons, not counting the playoffs at, with the Bucks, which is pretty amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, he If he does end up leading the NFL in touchdowns, touchdown passes – uh, not only will he be the first Buccaneer ever to do so, Jameis Winston led the league in yards two years ago, but not touchdowns mm-hmm. and, and interceptions too. Uh, <laughs> wow! Sorry about that. Wow. Uh, it, Brady will. Is have, that called a backhanded compliment? <laughs> I don't think it was okay. a compliment at all. all right. Brady led the NFL. Will have led the NFL in a season in touchdown passes in three different decades. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It is when you th- when you say it that way. <laughs> three decades is thirty years, so no, 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 no. Well, a decade it's, is he's ten played years. Twenty two years. I understand. We haven't finished this I, decade. I yet. said the way you say it, it makes it sound like That's you go, you "Wow." Said. Continue. Continue. Uh, so that that was it. And then my other one isn't isn't really good, but I feel like it's the dirty little secret about this team right now. 
the run defense is not what it used to be. No. And, I mean, it's kind of starting to be an every week problem at this point. And I'm not really sure. I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's just because of health reasons. I mean, some of both. You know, you haven't had everybody in there together healthy. Um, and Dominican Sue said that part of the issue is um, it's because this is a copycat league, mm-hmm. and some teams have found a f- couple certain ways of running sure. the ball that has worked, mm-hmm. and now everybody's doing it, and they're they're finding repeated success on those plays. And and other teams are copying that success. Right. And he's like, we have to figure out how to stop those plays that are gashing yep. us. Uh, the Buccaneers have allowed, in their last 11 games, an average of 112.2 rushing yards, 4.7 yards per carry, and 10 rushing touchdowns. Uh-huh. In the two years and, like, five games before that, the Buccaneers' run defense was head and shoulders better than every other one in the league. Yeah. And this, the, you know, it's kind of slid in the wrong direction, and it's a bit of a worry. You know, you're going to face some good running backs coming on. San yeah. Francisco, San Francisco, Philly, they, Arizona all love to run the ball. Yeah. But I, those are our three possible opponents. They all run on a high percentage of plays, and they all have very good rushing totals, and two of them have quarterbacks who run very well. I have confidence in, in – in, uh, Todd Bowles? Yep. To, uh, you know, as they say, it's a copycat league. Well, you see it for a while, and they'll come up with a plan to stop it. Can You'll we, see. Can we, uh, has Todd Bowles had his interview with Jack Jacksonville yet? Mm, yes, he had it on uh, Monday. I was going to say, we could, like, try to drive by his house and, yeah. like, set off a bunch of car yeah. alarms the no. night before to he, try to keep him up. So he, he, he had it on Monday. So he's probably already nailed it. Well, I don't know. We just know? don't want him to leave. Don't. You know, one of the one of the things with with Todd is that he had a head coaching job in New York, and he now understands all the ramifications of being a head coach. Not that he didn't before, but when you go into it, there are certain criterias that people learn real quickly about. Uh, not every situation is your best situation, so. I think he'll be, you know, looking for the best situation for himself, not just a opportunity to be a head coach. That's just my opinion. It's usually what happens because you hear coaches, guys that go and it doesn't work out and they say it just wasn't, you know, wasn't set up right. Who's your GM? What's the ownership group like? What's your scouting staff like? You know, all the things that come into play. Yeah. So hopefully. Well, honestly, I kind of feel like Todd's going to get another shot. Oh, no question. Um, I don't know if it'll be Jacksonville. I almost kind of hope it's not Jacksonville. I think that's going to be a tough place to win. Well, that's why. That's what I'm saying. That's. I guess that's probably. What I would I'm like to see to him get a step into a somewhat better situation because he already had to go through the Jets, mm-hmm. and of course he took that job and tried sure. to do his well, best. Well, it's your first one, yeah. Um, but there's some places right now. It won't be in perpetuity, but there's some places right now that I think are going to be tough to win. Sure. And I, there's probably a couple jobs that are going to be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I mean, just uh, just off the top of my head, if they don't make our friend Richard Bisaccia the full-time coach, that mm-hmm. Raiders job would be kind of yeah. interesting, and right? It, yeah. And Richie has done a great job. You yeah, know. he's kept them motivated. He's kept them motivated. That's not a surprise. And, you know, they win, they're in. Who and, else might have new coaches this year? Oh, uh, Chicago could possibly have a new coach. Minnesota, they're talking Chicago, about. Chicago might not be bad because yeah. you got a po- you might possibly have a pretty co- good young quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, I think. Uh, oh crap! Well, that's not good. You can't say that. Well, we need to start wrapping this up because okay. we got injury. We got um, stuff to do. We got oh boy! All right. Uh, actually, this isn't really. 
Okay. Okay. This this will be out by the time this airs tomorrow. Sure. Um, I just got the trans some transactions for today. One of them is the release of Antonio Brown. Yep. But we are putting two players on the COVID list. Oh boy. That's the bad news. The good news, not for those two people, but if you're looking at how the team stacks up for this week, is the two players are Shaq, who's already out. Okay, he's out anyway. And a practice the practice squad kicker Jose Borgales. Okay. So, so, so I mean, bad news. I feel bad for those people. It's bad news, but it, if we're going to have bad news, that's good news. That's good bad news. Well, it's bad news, I guess, in a way in that there's more COVID in the building. Yeah. Because oh, if you get a couple, you could get more. Uh, yeah, right? boy. All right. Um, I also, the other thing that just happened is the injury report started going around. It hasn't been published yet, but there's some good stuff on here. Yeah. Uh, Mike Evans improved from limited to full. Right. And with his hamstring thing. And Ryan Jensen, who didn't practice yesterday because of a shoulder thing, practiced today in a limited fashion. So that's good. Yeah. Um, okay. And you'll all you'll all know that or, or even if you hear it for the first time on this podcast it won't it'll it won't sure. be breaking news anymore. No. Um also I got a notif- notification that my lunch is ready. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so that's another reason we yeah. can get going. I've been one. I, mine's 18 <laughs> minutes old, so I'm I'm really hungry. So uh, hopefully okay. it stays warm. Okay, okay. Uh, we got to do questions. Yeah, we'll do questions. So we 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 got actually we have to break here because we have the Ali Marpet in. The salty dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. Now we're joined by our special guest of the week, Ali Marpet. But I'm going to introduce him as Pro Bowl guard Ali Marpet. So Yay. Ali, let me start with two things. One, thank you so much for giving us your time, and congratulations on that Pro Bowl, man. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it means a lot. And I, this is my first time on the on the podcast, huh? Yeah. So, really? First, it's a it's a year first, huh? Wow. Well, I'm surprised by that. Well, I knew I knew Ali before he was a Pro Bowler. You know, when he would do <laughs> radio shows with us before, so. Now yeah, I feel you, now I now I feel really honored that he's doing our podcast. I'm just privileged. Kicked me off the radio show. Donnie and I, our numbers must have not have been good, and he, he did, did away with us. Uh, well, um, I you know the thing is, Ali, we usually don't go for the bigger names, and you're you're a big name now. So yeah, <laughs> I, that is hilarious to me. But okay, thank you. Hey, you're a pro bowler, and, and talk about that for. Just, I know you already talked about it last week or two weeks ago, but you said it was emotional for you, and I don't know if guys always admit that, but just what it means and how it feels to finally get the honor that you probably deserve for a number of years now. Yeah, I mean, um, I think for me, it just it, it's it was emotional, right? Uh, but I think it's emotional because it sort of validates the sacrifices and the commitment and the prioritizing that. I feel like I've had for this game and it's, it's just, it feels like validation for that, which is just uh, for me, uh, feels amazing. Unbelievable. You know, we talked, uh, Allie and I talked uh, right after it was announced the next day when you did your press conference. And I mentioned about your good friend who didn't make the pro bowl. And I really liked what you said. And so can let's talk a little bit about that, that with all the joy that the O-line was having, um, how Donnie handle it and how did you handle it with him? Oh yeah. I mean, so, I mean, yeah, Donnie was as happy as for us as anybody else. I mean, uh, but I think that what, that's, what's a bummer. It's just the, the name recognition, the talent that's at the tackle position in the NFC makes it uh, incredibly challenging. Uh, those other two guys, I think if Donnie's playing in the AFC, he's a pro bowler. It's just, it's just, um, it, it's, it's, it's a good group. So, 
uh, Donnie's played his butt off this year, and I think everybody knows that. Your offensive line numbers are pretty ridiculous this year, particularly in terms of sacks. Uh, is It sounds like you're saying Donnie may be having his best year ever or one of them. Is, is everybody up front kind of having their best year at the same time, or what's going on? Uh, I guess, is it Tom? Is it not us? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, I think the answer is Tom gets the ball out. No, yeah. uh, I, I really think it's a combination of things. So Tom playing his butt off and getting the ball out absolutely helps. Um, the fact that we've won, that we're in these positions where we're not playing from behind. And when you're playing from behind, you're just, you're, you're fighting the uphill battle. You're in positions where defenses are teeing off on you. So the, there's like a lot of factors that go into it, right? Uh, into playing the best ball. And um, uh, we got a lot of things going for us right now. It's 2.5 seconds, by the way. That's basically his average time to get the throw off, which is the fastest of his career. But you don't have to tell people that, man. You could just say the line's playing awesome. Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit of both. Does yeah. it, is there any truth to the fact that you know where he's going to be? he being Tom Brady when he, when he takes the snap. Yeah. I think honestly, that's more, for, I, I think it's more for the tackles. Um, I think uh, as a guard, just keeping the depth of the, uh, of the pocket, right. Keeping set firm and stuff like that. Uh, but really, no, I think it's more, it more affects the tackles and, and they certainly appreciate it. <laughs> You're something else for the first time this year. And that's a division champion. And I know that was a big goal for you guys. One, because he hadn't got it before, but also because, you know, it helps you start out the playoffs at home. Uh, you could actually move up a spot if the Rams lose and the Bucks win to two. How much is that motivating you guys this week? Is is that like – is that a big motivation to try to do that? Well, yeah. So, I think I, 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 we know what it was playing on the road, and that's uh, on the road without full stadiums like last year. Um, so I think that absolutely we understand how important it is to play at home and how huge that's going to be for us. So all we can do is try and win on Sunday, and that gives us the best position to do that uh, for the playoffs. Speaking, speaking of Sunday, I have to ask, uh, the last drive in the Jets game, walk us through that. Because honestly, I both Scott and I have, have been on the other end of a drive like that. So... I, I just had a conversation in the hallway here. Someone said, you know, when I saw it, I was still trying to think if, did this really happen? Did this really happen? So can you walk us through that drive? Yeah. Um, so I think that for us, uh, we had been, have been walking through and working through two minute for a little while now. And uh, we feel pretty confident in it, but that's still a, <laughs> Uh, a tall order that we had had ahead of us there. And I think that um, for us, there, there, I mean, there really is, I think when your offense is playing at a high level, there's, there's just the confidence that you'll somehow, right. You don't know how it's going to, you don't know it's going to be serial doing his thing. You don't know if it's going to be a key block or whatever, but somehow you'll find a way to get it done. And I think uh, Tom having the understanding that he has, right. So chip, chip away and then take your shot. I mean, it, it just was, I mean, it's unbelievable to be a part of. It's just so much fun. <laughs> How much of it did you see? Because you have a job to do. As <laughs> I actually, on um, I did see Cyril's. Uh, I did see the tail end of it of Cyril's play. The rest of it, no, I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I, I I like the fact that that a player goes. It was fun. 
because <laughs> a lot of time, well, because it's always a business. That's a year, you know, it's a business, this and that. But at the end of the day, when you're winning, it's fun. Oh, yeah. I'd be singing a, a, a wildly different tune if somehow we don't get it done, right? <laughs> well, Allie, thank you. We said we'd go and keep you for 10 minutes. We very much appreciate your time. Just um, before you go, how confident is this team right now? You've had to work through a lot of adversity, a lot more than last year, to be honest with you. A lot of players going down and coming back. Uh, how confident is this team right now? Yeah, I mean, as confident as, as, as we have been, I think, honestly, there's no reason that we can't uh, play at the very high level offensively, defensively. Yeah, there's some guys, you know, banged up. But at the end of the day, the guys that are replacing them are stepping up or playing at a really high level. And uh, there's confidence in those guys to get it done. Awesome. Well, thanks yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. Allie, thanks a lot for increasing our listenership on this podcast because we don't usually get big names, you know. Right, so right, right. Totally appreciate it. That's pro bowler. You like it? And we're not sure. talking about a guy that's really good at bowling. He's a pro right, bowler. Right, right. Okay. All just right, make get, sure. back to, get back to a real job, Allie. Thanks again. Thanks, Allie. Uh, see <laughs> the Salty Dogs. Hey, everyone, we're back for the final segment of this oh, week's yes, we are. <laughs> uh, Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. And um, we totally had a break there and then had the Alan Marpet yep. interview and then had another break. Yep. That's, that's what happened. That's now we're in the part where we answer your questions. The fun part. We have three emails. Only right. One of them is not really a question, so this will go fast. Good, because I am really, really hungry. Oh, this is from somebody who has not written us before. Oh. Uh, and his first name is called E-D-E-R, which I'm going to think is Edder. Okay. Uh, it, it might be... Um, his last name is Castillo, and he's from Harling, Harlingen, or Harlingen, Texas. All right. Eder or Edder. Did he leave Castillo? a G and it's not Edgar? No, no, I'm sure that's his name, <laughs> Okay. Jeff. Um, hello there, dogs. Hey. First off, Happy New Year to both of you. Thank you. Thanks. I do apologize in advance that this email is a little long-winded. Long-time listener, first-time writer, and just wanted to say how much my eight-year-old son, Anakin, and I enjoy listening to the both of you on a weekly basis. Wow, an eight-year-old listener. I like it. That's well, cool. It kind of meets the level that I mean, we're at sometimes. <laughs> yeah, true. But um, I, I would also suggest that he probably knows football pretty well. Yeah, or he's learning some football. I just love how you guys talk more than just Bucks football, but everything from sci-fi book recommendations to, to just everyday life. Yeah. Well, that's us. We did learn that you were quite the landscaper. Last week. <laughs> and I tried to claim that I'm a very good driver, but uh, yep. there's some disagreement. There's in the lots of disagreement. In I the know the season has had its ups and downs, especially with Godwin being gone for the year due to injury. But I keep telling myself that every year we won the Super Bowl, we lost both times to the Saints in the regular season. Yeah. And we were able to make it through the NFC Championship game last year without one of our big three wideouts, A.B. So mm -hmm. we can hopefully make it again just as far. Of course, this sure. was sent in before the yeah, A.B. thing. So now yeah. we're down two of our. Yeah. Uh, we, Hoping everyone else is healthy and COVID-free. My question for the both of you, if it already hasn't happened by the time you get this email, do you think Mike Evans gets much playing time to close out the regular season to get his eighth 1,000-yard season, or do you think B.A. will just rest him to play it safe? Thanks for your time, and keep up the great work. Well, thank you for the email. It's very nice, yeah. and I like that your son's listening. Yeah. So, so have uh, him send in a question. So next. it makes me make a mental note on watch the language. So that's, good, good point. That's good I've tried point. to tell you that before. I know. Now I know. we know we have a now, an eight-year-old listener. Yes, and I don't. You know, we need to clean up that act. Yeah, most definitely. Um, uh, we already know the answer to this because yeah. we saw bitch count. Yeah, even though he was coming back from 
the hamstring and had been limited that week, he still played, and he ended up playing like 56 or 58 of the 74 plays. Yep. That They were trying to keep it down a little bit more, but at the end of the game, we, when we had that drive, we had to have him out there. Right. So he got a few more snaps than he meant to. Now he's a, a week healthier. Obviously, I just told you he just improved to a full practice for the first time in weeks. Yep. So I think we're going to go into this game – and he's going to play, mm-hmm. not because coach is trying to get him the 54 no. yards that he needs to make it to 1,000, but because we want him out there to try to win. Yeah, and you also want to, you know, coach doesn't like the rest rest players. He and, doesn't. And, he and doesn't. That's you right. know, he hasn't played a lot, so you want him to play a little bit yeah. because come the playoff game, you just can't go full speed and here you go. That's why they keep in, keep track of stuff like that. So he... He he will have a good shot at getting 54 yards. Yeah. They do have a decent pass defense, but they have lost a ton of corners. Mm-hmm. They're down so many corners to injuries, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Stephon Gilmore might not play this week. Sure. Uh, again, he got hurt in the game against us, actually. Uh-huh. I mean, they already they started the year with Dante Jackson, who's good, and rookie J.C. Horn, who looks like he was good. As their starters, they both went to injury reserve by midseason. And then A.J. Bowie and Stephon Gilmore – took over as the starters. Bowie's now on IR. Gilmore's hurt. You know, C.J. Henderson, who they traded for from the Jaguars, they're not playing him. Right. So they're, they're, the guy that got the most snaps for them was a fifth-round cornerback, a fifth-round rookie uh-huh. named Keith Taylor last week. So there should be some options for some good matchups. Yeah. And if our offensive line gives Brady uh, time, Protection like they do. Uh, then I think there's a good chance. I don't think – that the Buccaneers will go into that game calling plays, trying to get Mike Yards, uh-uh. let it happen organically. Mm-hmm. But I could see if if the lead, if they have a comfortable lead, and there's no guarantee of that. Right. If they have a comfortable comfortable lead, say in the fourth quarter, and Mike's at like 35 yards. Yeah, they'll put him in. I could see them calling a couple yeah. plays specifically. For they that. they're very good about hitting quotas and hitting they did it last incentives year. and and you know. They're very good about that. Problem is, so last year the most visible one was AB again. Sure. When they were trying to get him a certain number of catches to get an incentive at the end of the last game, and yep. we were winning comfortably. Uh huh. That's the first part of the formula, but it's a lot easier to get a guy catches than it is to get him yards. Yeah. All they did was run him right in front of Brady. Brady flipped it to him. That's yep. a catch. That's it's, it. it's pretty much impossible to Dumb. stop. Right. You could do the same thing with Mike, but that doesn't mean he's going to get any yards. No. And he doesn't need the catches. Maybe you just throw him one that's like you know fifty-four yards. That would be nice. Just right <laughs> off the bat. Just boom. It's right there. In case anybody doesn't understand the significance here, yeah, Mike is already the first player in NFL history with seven straight 1,000-yard receiving seasons to start his career. Yeah. However, there have been other players who have had streaks of eight or more 1,000-yard receiving seasons led by Jerry Rice with 11. Right. But there's only five of those people. Jerry Rice, Chris Carter, Tim Brown, Marvin Harrison, all in the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and uh, Torrey Holt, Hall of Fame sim- or finalist this year. Yep. Okay. P.S. Scott, being a diehard Bucks fan from Texas, getting questioned just about every other day on why I root for the Bucks instead of America's team, in quotes. No, I can relate to your annoyance when it comes entire, to the Cowboys. Entirely uh, smart individual writing to us right now. But through thick and thin, I always got to remind them, go Bucks. Yeah. All right. Next one. Okay. This is. I'll do it quickly. It's our guy that we've tried to help out, not really successfully yet. 
to get the radio broadcast. All right. Stephen Larson. Okay. Steve. Who's uh, in Texas also, and noted this time that he's a retired lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Air Force. Sir. Yes, sir. First off, thank you for the continued effort to help me find a way to listen to the Bucks radio and Gene Deckerhoff. iHeartRadio does not work. Yeah. I, that was somebody suggesting last week. Right. I listen to 98 Rock all the time, but at game time, they stay with music. Yeah. You suggested that would be the case. That yeah. would be the case, yes. The best way to hear the Bucks radio station seems to be Sirius XM or Game Pass. Uh-huh. I don't subscribe to either, but I'm considering it. The Sirius app has horrible reviews. But I think that is the way to go for Gene Deckerhoff Radio. I have the Sirius app on my I, phone. I have the Sirius app too, and I have. I don't have any problems. I, with I it. have any problems with it. No. And what I would do is maybe not this year, but maybe perhaps next year do it, so you get the full season. But I will say this about um, Sirius Radio: I like it a lot. I do too. Because it's just a, a, a wide variety yeah, of stuff, and it's easy and, to find specific things. And I find myself like Tom Brady. Let's go is on at six oh, o'clock okay. on Monday. So yeah, yeah. driving home, I listen to that. Smart. Um, so I get an idea what yeah. what TB12 is talking about. Good move. Uh, with Jim Gray. So <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I just thought of? What's that? Last year when we were um, working at away games out of the control room at the stadium. Yeah. And if the game, if it looked like we had the game in hand, I would sometimes hustle over here. Uh-huh. It's a lot easier to do post game here than in that room. Right. And I would be like, I told you after the game, I'm like, yeah, I hustle real quick and turn on the TV so I could see what had happened during while I was driving. Is it like, uh, you were like, uh, why didn't you just listen to it on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, jeez. Well, well, you know, common sense. Common sense yeah. sometimes just escapes me. Yeah, you just we, you overthought it. That's all. <laughs> but but yeah, it is a it is a frustrating thing. But but just so just so he so uh, what's the colonel's name? Uh, Stephen Larson. Stephen Larson. Lieutenant Colonel. Lieutenant Colonel, sir. Um, I am in conversations with the NFL. We're discussing different ways to. Um, you know, deliver the product. And so the reason why it's restricted is there are certain deals with Game Pass and things of that nature. But it is moving into a trend that it'll be available everywhere. So good. we're working on it. Okay. All right. That's good to hear. There's also a, a little question in here about comparing Antonio Brown and Gronk, but I want to skip it because we've talked enough yeah, about it. Yeah, we're, we're moving on. And we won't be talking about him at all next week. Nope. Second, I found a Beefo Brady's in Amarillo. Ah, I'm going there on game day this weekend to see if they will. So by now he's done so. Oh, okay. To see if they will tune in the game for me. Hope they did. Oh, good. If they don't, I will enjoy the food. There I you go. Lastly, forgive any typos. I am out of town, drinking for free and hammered. <laughs> oh, my kind of guy. This might be another part that maybe the eight-year-old shouldn't be listening yeah, to. Yeah, maybe that's not it. I hammered mean, means he's building something. He says, I miss Tampa Bay. Yeah, I miss Tampa Bay and my childhood friends. Oh. Let me just say, Everclear, Red Punch, and White Carpet don't mix. Wow. <laughs> That's a vivid image. Yeah, it keep it salty and keep the winning spirit. I will. Okay, That's and one real quick because okay. I want to answer the question. All right. It's an easy answer. Okay. It's from our friend Alexander in, in Brazil. Hello. Ahoy, salty ones. Hope this finds you both well. What a wild game. Is this the wildest NFL season or what? They all feel like that. Yes. It's the longest. Yeah. It's the longest. Oh. That's for sure. Since you guys talked about jersey numbers last episode, I'd like to ask you this. Our backup punter, Sterling Hoffrichter, used number 19 in our last two games, and that is – is slash was question mark kicker Jose Borgales' number all season long. Let's imagine we need Borgales to suit up in any game this season. Can he wear 19? In my mind, I think he can only if Hoffrichter continues on practice squad and is not elevated in that particular game. But I also know that a player can only use one number for the same team in a season. So in a hypothetical game in which they both have to play, Borgales needs a new number, right? 
<laughs> so let me explain here. <laughs> Borgalis has indeed been on our practice squad all year wearing the number 19. Yeah. Uh, Sterling Hoffrichter, who joined the practice squad in like early December, was yes. given the number six. Both are on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. But with Bradley Pinion uh, dealing with a hip injury and then being on the COVID list, we have elevated uh, a Hoffrichter to active game day status the last two weeks. Right. But after signing him and giving him six, we signed Le'Veon Bell to the active roster and also gave him six. Ah. You can't have, during the regular season, you can't have two players with the same number on your active roster. Okay. But you can have one on the practice squad because it doesn't sure. matter. Yeah. So it didn't matter that Le'Veon Bell was six and uh, Hoffrichter was six. But to bring up Hoffrichter, the Buccaneers had to change his number. Right. Because we can't have two sixes. Wow. So that's why they gave him 19. Um, when he, they only, that only is, I probably should, I probably have to change it back on the roster because I was told that that was only for one game while he was up. Yeah. So he reverts to six oh. and like out there in the practice field, he's wearing six again, not 19. Hmm. And so, uh, yes, this is a thing. If we needed to elevate Jose Borregales, which is probably not going to happen since we just revealed he's going on the COVID list, he would have to have a different number. In if you can have two players wear the same number in a season, if not, not at the same time, so he could wear 19 as long as Hoffrichter wasn't up. Right. So there you have it. There you go. Well, ask the question. Scott will give you the answer. He always has good questions. Yeah, that's it's why good. He, that's why he's in the in the show every week. Sure, we like it. We like it. Okay, you got anything else? No. Okay. I thank, know how badly you want to get your. I, I really, I am very, very hungry. I haven't eaten all day. I haven't either. I know. Okay, well, hey, if if I had time, I'd be headed over to Beef O'Brady's <laughs> looking for some wings, nachos, Angus, burgers, beer. Beer. Put them all together and you got Beef O'Brady's. Hungry for tailgating greatness? Yes, because it's a late game, 425 this week. So try beefs to go or full-on catering. Beef O'Brady's where game time meets guilty. All right. Try beefs. Go. Full-on catering. Beef O'Brady's, where game time meets tailgating time. Every time, all the time, your time, my time. I'm out of here. Since we're, out, we're out of time. Yes. Oh, very good. Since you did. Thanks for listening.